1: LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source, and amateur radio for everyone. Now here are your hosts, Russ, k 5 ux Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD.
2: Well, hello everybody and welcome. You have tuned in to the most terrific amateur radio podcast on the internet. And this is episode number 298. We're getting dangerously close to number 300. (gasps) Yeah. So I guess we should roll on. This is our deep dive episode, and it's going to be a sort of short deep dive and a very long dive into some queued up feedback that we've had lying around and some more current stuff. So we got to get through it all. And the people who are going to be tackling that for you tonight are the usual cast of characters. I'm Russ K5TUX.
0: I'm Cheryl W5MOO.
2: And I'm Bill NE4RD. All right. And we've got a bunch of people listening on the stream. And we've got people chatting to us in the chat room. So if uh, you're in the stream but not in the chat room, you should definitely get in there. Information on that was posted in Facebook and on Twitter. So you should the Twitter. The Twitterverse. We are members of the Twitterverse. Yes, we're part of the noise. And if I yeah. if I remember correctly, if it has if, if a bunch of people have not unsubscribed recently, we are over a thousand followers now.
3: Wow. wow.
2: Yeah. And I think I said at some point that if we ever got over a thousand followers there would be an associated contest. So I will verify that we're still over a thousand and if so there will be <laughs> an, an associated, associated contest. contest. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so we'll let everybody know about that. But anyway, what we're going to talk about tonight is yeah, because Bill can't ever <laughs> let it go. <laughs> and honestly, it's because we have a whole lot of feedback to get to. So we needed kind of a shorter topic and, um, we, we were like unprepared as usual, but it's, this is actually an interesting topic. um, and it's about the Boy Scouts, of course, but it's amateur radio and the Boy, Sc- <laughs> Boy Scouts, uh, Joda and Joe T. Jamboree on the air and Jamboree on the internet. So Bill is going to tell us all about that and tell us how, at the end of this, presumably, we can get involved with getting scouts into amateur radio
3: that's right so we're we're quickly approaching the uh 62nd uh, jamboree on the air and the 23rd jamboree on the internet it is always the third full weekend of october and this time it happens to be the 18th through the 20th of october so if you don't have it on your calendars put it on your calendar right now that's the whole point of it so yeah we're got uh, we're quickly approaching and uh, i always always get lots of questions about jamboree on the air and we, we try to cover them in a multitude of of ways (laughs) through email through through chats uh, on uh, twitter and facebook pages and we do a uh a uh radio jamboree on the air like radio scouters net every uh every month on uh the joda 365 echolink node and uh i'm gonna get you the date because it's like the second or third Thursday, <laughs> and I didn't have that ready, and I knew I was going to say something about it, and I'll come back to that in a second. So, anyway, so Jamboree on the air—it's—it's—it's it's, it's the world's largest scouting event that happens every year. So, unlike a Jamboree like we just had, like a World Scout Jamboree, which is huge in itself—you know, forty-five thousand plus scouts and you know nine thousand plus staff—you know, that's a lot of people but uh they decided years ago after going to a world scout jamboree that it would be nice to have a jamboree every year because you know world scout jamborees are only every 4 years so this is an opportunity that they developed obviously 62 years ago <laughs> that uh, that you could have a jamboree uh more of what the what the world scout organization likes to call a travel free jamboree uh, from your home, from an amateur radio station from from pretty much anywhere in the world, and be able to connect with scouts uh, and amateurs all around the world uh, using all kinds of technologies, including amateur radio, which is really my uh, you know our forte here is amateur radio and obviously that's what i like to do with uh, the k2bsa is the amateur radio portion and I'm, I'm i'm gonna pass on some disturbing news here i was actually looking at the joda site which is like the main wasm site for uh, jamboree on the air and jamboree on the internet and they call it the world's largest digital scouting event and that just scares me because that like totally dismisses the fact that we talk to people in an analog way <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, I'm just kind of concerned of the verbiage, and so that tells me that we need to work harder as amateur radio operators and clubs and um, radio scouters to make sure that jamboree on the air happens in our local communities and in our local councils, our local troops, Boy Scouts, Scouts BSA, um, you know, Cub Scouts. Any scout, <laughs> you know, if girl scouts want to get on the air, they can get on the air. Um, they're not technically part of the world organization the scouting movement, but, you know, the more people we get on the air, siblings, families, everybody, uh, it makes the event grow and it grows the participation numbers uh, dramatically. So the Jamboree on the air portion of it is, is basically, it can be as small or as as complex as you want. I'll, uh, I'll go over what I've done in the past for a Jamboree on the air which is basically taking two rigs out to a park <laughs> and inviting the entire district out to the park as well to come try out the amateur radio. And uh, we ran HF and Echolink, basically, were the two, two, two uh, connections to, uh, to the amateur radio portion that we did. And we also had um irc going for um the jamboree on the internet which is the other portion of the activity that's the joti in the Joda jodi combination um but it can be simple it can be simple like that it can be simple as you know your guys are going to a a fall camporee and you're already going to be there where scouts are you could take your ht if you can connect to a repeater that's echo link controlled, or if it's D Star, or if it's DMR and you can connect to it. Um, you know, maybe uh maybe you can't connect to it, but you have a hotspot, you know, bring your you know your hotspot out for the internet and plug your other hotspot in for your DMR or your dstar rig, and then all of a sudden now you're connected all over the place. You know, even though it's small, limited, but it, it allows you to create connections that you wouldn't otherwise be able to do. Um, you know, cause maybe you don't have an HF setup. Maybe you don't have the antennas to deploy. Maybe you don't have all that stuff. Um, so yeah, it can be big, it can be simple. You know, it could be like a field day. You know, you throw a thousand stations out there <laughs> or we're running 12 alpha on uh, Jamboree on the air. Um, but no, it doesn't have to be. Uh, and a lot of questions we get nowadays is, uh, especially at this point in time where we're only, you know, two months away, basically, or a little under two months away from the activity. Is can I plan it now? You know, can I even start planning it now if I haven't done anything? And the answer is always yes. Uh, I always tell people yes. It can be the week before; you can still say yes. Um, I have done one (laughs) with a one week's planning. Uh, It can be done. Uh, Obviously, the best way to do a a station plan is to plan it for next year, the weekend of the activity. Is like you look at your how your weekend did. You do your yeah, you you clean up your after action report on how you did, and then you start making plans for next year. You get it on the calendar, and that's the critical part uh, in sh- planning short term is that you won't have it on the calendar uh, of activities for your for your council or your district or your troop uh, most likely because you're just now listening to me talking about it and you're just now wanting to get involved with it. <laughs> so. Yeah, that that becomes the the only issue is getting the word out. Um, It's not impossible, but you can do it. Um, If you want to start planning now and you have absolutely no connection with scouts, it becomes a little bit harder. That's when you want to tap your local club, your amateur radio club that's in town. See if they have any connection going on with uh, doing a jamboree on the air event. And, uh, you know, most likely the club has enough people involved in it. Somebody's involved. else is involved in scouting. You might not be the only one that's interested in it or only one who's interested in radio scouting in general. Um, But they might not be vocal about it. But, you know, get on your club's mailing list, chat with everybody, see who's doing something. Maybe the club sponsored something and they maybe haven't put out the word or you've been inactive and whatever. Uh, It's a great time to go back and get them involved because it really helps to have people, people involved um to make it happen uh, i generally if i'm doing a small and like that particular event that i just talked about minimum two to three people you know and and they should one should be at least a registered scouter uh, fortunately i'm a registered scouter i have all my you know current certifications and everything else up so and you have it in a public place like we had in a park so <laughs> it's about as public as you can get you know to comply with all the uh, bsa uh, uh standards And when I put out the invitation, um, like you may put out an invitation, is I always tell them, you know, your parents need to come. You know, you need to have your scoutmaster or your parent needs to come with you to the event, stay with you, and then take you away. (laughs) You know, I'm I'm not a a babysitter. I don't uh, watch people's kids. Um, And normally it's pretty short, you know, their interaction with the activity, especially if you're only getting them on the air. Um, for small air, for a small station, that's basically all you're going to do. You're going to get them on the air. You're going to basically briefly go over ham radio and what the antennas are and what they do, and your radio, what that does, and so on and so forth. Um, but if you if you have a bigger station with more people, or you have more people involved, obviously you can set up additional events like amateur radio direction finding. If you just happen to have equipment to do it, that's a great time to actually do it because it's another uh, demonstration of amateur radio in practice. Uh, another thing you can do are the the, the high altitude balloons from you know wb dlk You know he has those uh, APRS package balloons. You can track those. Um, if you don't have a balloon, you know you can show them on the internet if you have internet access. Uh, ways to track balloons and you can talk about balloons um, as a part of the part of the hobby. Because a lot of people are interested in that or interested in kind of interesting stuff. And I think ballooning falls under that category of stuff that is interesting. Um, And, uh, you know, God, you could build antennas. You could do a Morse code demonstration. Uh, you'd be surprised how much activity you can get with uh you know doing morse code and having some keyers out there and letting the kids bang away on them for a little while and try you know morse coding their name much like my activity I had at the uh, at the bookstore just a few weeks ago so it's 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 many things you can do at at Ajoda the more things that you can do are generally going to require you more time to prepare so starting today would be a little hard for most people to organize a very comprehensive jamboree on the air. But minimally, you can get kids on the air. So I think anybody is capable of doing that. Even if it's just, you know, my son is a scout. How about I get my son on the air, on my radio? Well, that's good enough. (laughs) You know, it doesn't have to be anything more than that. And, uh, you know, the key is that you want to get on the air, make a contact, log it, and report it. So when the events all wrapped up after the weekend's over, send in your note. You know your 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 log, not your log, but you know just a summary of your report. We'll always have a form set up on the K two BSA website for taking those uh, after action reports. And I know sometimes we've had uh, a little confusion with the Joda Jody, the World site, also doing the same thing. But always report back to the U.S. because you know our numbers. We want to have the most accurate as possible. So reporting back your activity on, on Jamboree on the air is, is very important. Um, on the website for the K2BSA, there's tons and tons and tons of Joda stuff. So there's you know, there's countdown timers, like what you're supposed to do each month planning up to it. Obviously, you look at it, it's like a nine-month plan. <laughs> you know, starting today would not really follow that, but it gives you the general idea of everything that is generally uh, required. Or you know, at least in planning a big event, and the reason why you start so early is so you can get it on the calendar. So maybe you're thinking about it, like, oh yeah, it's too short a time right now. You know, two months out to to even get started in it, and that's fine. But what you can do is think about next year, and you can also start making those contacts right now and talk about it because it is fresh in people's minds. They are talking about Joda Jody, um, even if they don't have access to amateur radio people. Trust me, your councils are interested in this program. They do know about it and it won't be a totally strange conversation to have with them. But uh, generally, the, the council and district calendars are planned out, you know, the year before. So you kind of want to get in the calendar now for next year anyway. So it's good to start and have those conversations. Um, let's talk a little bit about the ICOM loaner station program. Do you have any questions, Russ? As I went through all that, or <clears throat> no? It seems all had?
2: pretty straightforward. Although I think you were you were using Jamboree as like the local event. I I kind of thought of it as the aggregate event, um, or maybe that was just the way you were talking.
3: Maybe that's just the way I was talking. <laughs>
2: okay,
3: okay. <laughs> yeah, we'll just go with that. Yeah, we'll just
2: go with that because you said like, well, you
3: can just have a scout and you
2: know have him keep Oh, in your I rain.
3: said a camporee. So, well, like, no, no,
2: later on you said, like, and that that would be like a jamboree, just having a local, like, thing set up. That would be, I think what you meant to say was that would be part of the jamboree, not. Yes, possibly. Yeah, yeah. sorry.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Again, I'm just trying to get I, through I all this. I just making sure have. I,
2: uh, I yeah. understood the nomenclature. <laughs> you know? I don't understand all this Boy Scouty stuff. I yeah, was... yeah,
3: yeah. The camporee Jamboree and, and then, you know, doing the event. Um, yeah, obviously. Uh, Jamboree on the air. I'm going to say Jamboree because that's basically what it is. It's the travel free Jamboree. Yeah. Anyway, so. We don't yeah, talk the-
2: about it because, but I actually was a Cub Scout. I made it all the way to Weeblows. So there you Ooh. go. Wow. I did. I didn't go like past that. I didn't get into Boy Scouts. but Did you get your Air of Light? Uh, wow. This was 40 years ago. Yeah, it was a long time ago. <laughs> they still had it back then, so. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. I honestly don't know. I had a lot of badges and I had you know I had oh, yeah,
3: you had belt buckle things, right? Or belt clips is that what they had back then or was it still badges? No, badges? it
2: was badges. We had so or patches. Um Patches, yeah. We had patches. And I remember having a lot of like Because um, it 'cause you had like the what was it, the wolf, the bear and the something?
3: Yeah, those are the ranks. The wolf, the bear, and the uh blah ba Lo- oh god lion lion no tiger no, tiger okay. yeah it starts tiger bear or no tiger right. wolf bear <coughs> i'm really bad with the uh, cub scouts <laughs> yeah well and then
2: you get those little things like the arrowheads yeah. that you sew on and then you go to the next level and blah 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 blah. And
3: yeah then absolutely. when you become
2: Weeblo, you get like the the plaid uh kerchief and all that and
3: yeah and the boy scout uniform yeah yeah. yeah, you switch over because you're going to be a Boy Scout because Blow stands for We Be Loyal Scouts. Well, so, but I never got are. there. So. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. So anyway, <laughs> let's get back to the Joda thing. And uh, yeah, the ICOM Loner Station Program. Uh, ICOM is a is a fabulous sponsor of the uh, Boy Scouts. Uh, you know, Scouts BSA. I keep saying Boy Scouts, but it's Scouts BSA now. And. Uh, and they've set aside 10 full stations that include an ic703 a power supply a desk mic and a hand mic uh and a antenna broadband antenna and we all know what broadband antennas mean you know they're they're marginal antennas but they do work it's out of the box they have everything you need to basically put a station on the air on hf um, using a really cool you know modern rig the IC7 7300, it's great, it's got the little waterfall, and you know the SDR. Uh, kids like it because it looks cool. <laughs> if you press the buttons and everything else like that. But they have that program that's managed by the K2BSA. It is a it is slightly cumbersome to get a station because obviously, you know they just want stations going out to anybody, and they only have ten of them. So uh, if you go onto the website. They actually have an application that you have to go through and it involves you not only involving yourself, but you have to involve the council level of the scouting program, the scout executive, because they take on the financial liability of the equipment and make sure that it's properly stored. Uh, As well, you have to get involved with an amateur radio club and one of the officers of the club must also sign the form to ensure that, you know, you know, there's some, you know, a second party, you know, a third party to, uh, to the transaction that it's not just you out by yourself, that you're actually, you know, organizing an event. And these radios can be used year-round. So it's not only for Jamboree on the air, but they are used on Jamboree on the air, obviously. We get them uh, um, uh, loaned out uh, quite rapidly. Uh, if you go through the steps, you can get the cool radio. It comes in a big Pelican case. ICOM actually directly ships it to you, and they send you a return mailer with it as well, so it can be shipped back, no cost to the council or yourself or the club. Um, it's just you have to go through the paperwork. The paperwork gets you through everything, and it's it's a great program. Uh, you know, it's a it's a free radio to show the kids, and you know if you don't happen to have an HF radio or you need an extra one for an, a, a scouting event like this. You know, it can do for a council camperee, uh, you know, um, district camperee, uh, camping trip, uh, whatever whatever you want to use it for. Um, they're available. Ten stations are available throughout the year. They rotate in and out of sites. So, you know, you use it for a week, you take it for a week. You need it for a week at summer camp. Take it for a week at summer camp. You know, light the summer camp, turn it up, you know, have uh, have people use it. And uh, you know, mail it back. It uh, it works great, and uh, it's you know, if you follow the proper channels, it's 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 rather easy to acquire one and then also get it sent back. So yeah, shout out to ICOM for for making that program you know very functional and allowing the K two BSA to help you know manage the uh, the actual you're basically renting or not renting, but you know, <laughs> allocation of those units throughout the year. Uh, it definitely uh, simplifies the relationship that ICOM has with the gear. You know, they make sure when they get it back, they take a look at all the equipment, make sure if there's any feedback uh, that's given back, if they had problems with the radio, that those things are all addressed and uh, gone through just a, you know, QA QC when they get back, everything is back, it put back in the Pelican box pristine and set up for the next uh, outgoing shipment. So, um, so very good. Okay, so uh, we talked about the amateur radio part. The other part of uh, the Joda event is also Jamboree on the internet. We won't talk about it much because we want you to be on the air because this is amateur radio. (laughs) But uh, I have done both at the same time and same location. So it's not odd to have that available. I mean, I generally, if I'm in a place where I can hotspot my phone, I will make sure that all the computers are connected that are there. Um, I'll generally have uh, an IRC up for Scoutlink. That's one of the. Uh, I don't know if they're an official partner this year. I haven't seen that listed, but generally they've been that in the past. Scoutlink is a uh, is a is a global nonprofit organization that aims to connect scouts and guides from all over the world, and they do this with their three services. They use IRC, TeamSpeak, and Minecraft. So I'm, I'm assuming they have a Minecraft server. I haven't actually checked that out, nor have my kids checked that out. But uh, we have run a Minecraft server, so we know how that works. Um, and also they have Skype. Uh, they use Skype a lot. Uh, I know when we do registrations on uh, for the event, we always have to put a Skype ID, or don't have to, but that's one of the options to put in there. And I know uh, Jim, uh, Jim uh, Wilson, K5ND, has, uh, has spent many a Jamboree on the, uh, on the internet and on the air, uh, home at, on Skype in his scout uniform, just answering uh, random calls <laughs> throughout the weekend uh so people can you know talk uh talk to other scouts and scouters from from around the world and uh, it, it it works pretty good uh obviously uh, for planning uh you know these are definitely troop level things that you can do you know the kids can all get together uh they can use you know you can go to a a library that has a computer room or tech center. Uh, you, if you may even be able to access, uh, so, you know, schools back in session, you may be able to partner with a school to maybe get into their, you know, computer lab, or it might be a good time to visit a community college or a college computer lab on the weekend and uh, be able to use their, their computers to do it. Or you can you know, use your own. Like I said, when I did it, you, you know, I just had a couple laptops and you do want to pay attention to any kids, you know going online and stuff like that there are a whole set of rules and and you know suggestions on how to do that and how to monitor it um much like you should as a parent monitor anything your child does on the internet <laughs> <laughs> it's even more important to do it when it's not your child on the internet so <laughs> um yeah yeah so always be mindful of uh, of doing that that's why i normally do pretty limited uh involvement with uh, Jody just because it does require a little bit more paying attention and you're not directly doing stuff although you could do like planned skype conversations with a group of scouts they can skype another group in another country and uh you know they can all do it you know video conference style so those are really easy to set up and you can definitely do that even with just a phone you know you don't really need to even have a, a hot spot you can just use your phone to do that and set that up um and they have some partners as well, uh, digital partners, uh, Jody Radio and Jody TV, and they run programming throughout the event, basically uh, finding other uh, scouters with webcams, maybe set up at their area, showing what they're doing, um, and also like a radio talk show, constantly rolling, going over all the events and people doing stuff and uh, you know, connecting with the, all the stations and um, activations of Jamboree on the internet and stuff like that you can find on the jody radio station um other than that a jamboree on the internet it's it's there it's available um but we really care about the jamboree on the air and getting more and more people on it uh just to make it uh the number one portion of the event (laughs) it would be really really nice to see that number jump up i was just looking at last year's numbers and we had uh, in the U.S. from the reporting stations, we only had fourteen thousand seven hundred eight participants in the U.S. And I know it's much more than that. We don't get a good good grasp of the reports because people tend not to report. We had uh, two hundred sixty-six reports filed, so that means out of all the stations that were possibly on the air, you know, only two hundred sixty-six filed, and there's got to be more than that. Because uh, you know, we even showed that uh, there was 314 stations registered for Joda, and uh, we had 610 registrations for Jody in the U.S., which is disturbing. It's twice as many. <laughs> <laughs> so we need to get more, more radios. We even showed that there was over a thousand amateur radio operators registered. So I, I, find that that's like three per site almost, uh, which I think that might be the right number, but uh, still, it would be nice to see. More stations sending in reports, more stations connecting, more stations getting on the air, and even if it is only you taking your scout that's at home and getting them on the air, uh, that counts as one station. That's one more report filed. That's one more scout there. I mean, that's one more adult. You know, <laughs> you know those numbers all matter in in making sure that this program continues to thrive and grow. And so I don't have to go in next year and look at the Jody Joda website and see it's going to be a digital event because <laughs> <laughs> it won't be just a digital event. I mean, we could use, you know, FTA. I, I could let you do that. It's fine. It's fine. Um, But, yeah. Oh, hey, speaking about that, you know, use FTA. Uh, what else is going on that weekend? Well, also that weekend, and we, we tend to not have any problems with this, is the uh, Worked All Germany contest. Uh, that runs uh, the same time, basically. Um, Jamboree on the air and Jamboree on the Internet, it's local time. It's pretty much whenever you want to run from the 18th through the 21st. So, you know, Friday morning you can get on the radio and start making contacts. You know, there's no time limit. There's no starting time. There's no, you know, ending time. It's not a contest. It's just more of getting on the air and contacting other people. And they in- invented on our radios just a magnificent thing um we have recommended frequencies they call them scouter frequencies but like you can put the frequency into your radio and there's this big knobby thing right next to the dot next to the display that moves the vfo (laughs) (laughs) and so if you don't hear anything on 290 or you hear stuff on 290 like you're on 14290 for 20 meters You know, don't break in if there's stuff going on. What, you know, just, just take that dial that they put on the radio and start rotating it until you don't hear anything and then start calling CQ. Or maybe you keep rotating until you hear someone calling CQ Jota, CQ Jota. This is so and so and so. You know, you know, move that, move that dial around a little bit. Give it some exercise. Um, there's no, no, no specific frequency really. The calling frequency is just, is just an idea. It's just a suggestion. It basically puts you in the general class portion of the band, which most people have access to, uh, on all the bands. So, but don't be afraid to tune that dial. Not everybody is going to be on one frequency because that just doesn't work. These are, you know, simplex devices. You can't talk and hear at the same time. So it's very important that we learn to rotate that dial and get away from, uh, you know, people that are already having a conversation. Go start a new conversation 3KCOA. You know they won't hear you you know so rotate that dial up rotate that dial down stay away from nets um another fun thing to do uh, there are some qso parties going on that weekend i've even had scouts work qso parties you know sometimes you know i get tired of being mr creative all the time haha <laughs> <laughs> and uh you know uh, you know sometimes i don't like doing the whole spiel and then trying to get a contact and walking through it you know i was like w- let me tell you a little bit about radio sport and contesting And so we'll scroll the dial down and lo and behold, we'll have somebody calling, you know, you know, CQ uh, test, and then they'll give their call sign and you'll kind of hear the exchange and you can kind of allow the scouts to hear the the momentum of, of what radio sport is. And you can kind of talk about radio sport. And uh, a lot of times I've done it in the past. I've, I've had the the map of the QSO parties and I'd have them work like three or four stations and we would chart which counties we collected in those qso parties so it can be fun to kind of get involved with that don't get frustrated if the band is crowded because hey it opens up and like everybody's on there doing qso party stuff it's fine work the qso party you know it doesn't matter it still shows people amateur radio and it's fun Uh, You know, I've had the kids come back and, you know, they want to work 20 of them, (laughs) you know, they want to become a contester all of a sudden. So yeah, use your dial and uh, don't be afraid of working contest stations. If you, I mean, last resort, if that's what you have to do, or, you know, switch over to the work bands, you know, we have these fancy work bands that are uh, available to us. 17 meters is pretty good during the day. And generally you can have some good contacts on that. So, so take a look at that Um and, you know, hey, DMR, you know, Russ is in the DMR now, right?
2: Well, a little bit. I'm getting there. I, I'm He's sort getting of, there. I'm, I'm, I'm near the top of the learning curve.
3: Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, a lot of people are involved in DMR and D-Star and Echolink. Uh, you know, all those technologies work great, especially when you have, you know, want to bring a limited footprint of stuff and you just want to get on the air. Yeah, there's talk groups. Check out the K2BSA website. There's talk groups already listed that are specific for finding scout-specific people. There's echo link groups. There's reflectors. Um, all that jargon. So tons of stuff up there. You can find ways to contact people in a multitude of ways with amateur radio. Um, and don't be afraid to use the dial. And I think that's really all I have specifically about Jamboree on the Air and Jamboree on the Internet. Just participate. And even if you're not with scouts, you know, get on the air if that weekend and maybe try to work a scout. Uh, maybe you've been involved in scouting like Russ has as a Cub Scout. And he can talk to a scout and tell him about his time when he was a Cub Scout and what he remembers. <laughs> which, which would be very little. <laughs> which would be very little. But he you know, knows a lot about amateur radio and can definitely answer questions and talk about that. And a lot of these conversations are, are really limited. Um you know uh we have scripts available on the website as well for the kids to give like you know questions because sometimes you you know they're mic fright they don't know what to say this is why i love contests because they all have to say is five nine montana <laughs> 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 and the call sign so you know that's that's all that's all i like saying on the radio you know so uh yeah because everybody's five nine in a contest we all know that um but yeah, so you know, it gives them some questions like, you know, what's what's your favorite color or you know, silly stuff like that. Seems silly, but it it does open them up to ask other questions and and it's real important to listen because, you know, they're going to be bad with the mic control and you know, they might be a little slow, and, you know, ask them to repeat themselves because it makes them say things again on the radio and it gets them used to that. and also gets them used to hearing your voice on the other end. And whether that be on digital, because we all know like you squeeze the mic on the digital one, if you start talking right as you squeeze, you're going to drop the first second half of audio. It's not going to get in there always. So you might have to ask them to repeat themselves and explain, hey, you know, because maybe your other guy is not, uh, not explaining uh, that you have to hold first. And then, (laughs) and then, uh, and then go on from there, uh, and then start talking. So. Yeah, so, yeah, there's just so many ways to get involved. Check out the k2bsa.net website. You know, go over to the Joda tab. There's, like, a zillion, you know, links there of information. Uh, Obviously, contact us here. uh, Contact me (laughs) on Discord or chat or whatever, and I'll be happy to answer uh, any questions or give you hints and uh, suggestions for the success of your event. Cool.
2: All right, very good. Oh, and going back to something you said earlier, don't Google radio sport with safe search off. (laughs)
0: <laughs>
2: oh. uh, I didn't actually do that but you know how things with you know, blah sport tend to get uh, like, yeah. co-opted into other yeah.
3: things yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let's see do we have any questions in a chat room about this before I run uh, off on this topic I'm just kind of looking it looks like we're talking about DMR and some other stuff in the uh, in the general chat blah 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 yeah
2: DMR and 200 kilometer line of sight uh, VHF contacts across
3: a very flat part of canada apparently there you go okay so none of that stuff we don't care about it <laughs> so no questions on that obviously i covered it so thoroughly that you nobody's did. gonna have any questions no. but
0: you did a wonderful did, job yes,
3: absolutely so hey let's let's talk about announcements and feedback because we got tons of it
2: yeah could have done without some of the snark though i mean <laughs> <laughs> wow. i think all of us know how to use the tuning knob just just saying
3: well, you know, you'd be surprised. People are, uh, it's its not, it's not, uh, it's not unheard of. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. I'm dead serious. People get on a 290 and I think that's the only scouting frequency. This is
2: going to sound a little weird, but like on my, on my radio and, and a lot of others, the tuning knob yeah. is, is very large and has a lot of, uh, it's usually weighted and has some heft to it. Yeah. So
3: it's you actually. Might need to do some lifting or something beforehand. <laughs> well, no. <laughs>
2: But what I'm what I'm saying is it's actually it's actually sort of a pleasure to use. <laughs> yes, it gives uh, it...
3: it's well, kind of thrilling. It, yeah. It's not that way for crying out loud! not Everything <laughs> is innuendo. Uh, oh, sorry, uh, yeah. Sorry, with my daughter <laughs> connecting. <laughs> nice. she must be playing Minecraft. I just moved her to the other channel. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna have to start using the BSM. Uh... Oh no, I was just, mumble server. Odd odd that they connect we could always be in the private channel too not in the root
2: well that that is true we could, we could have our own actual channel we actually do we have one so. yeah well i would actually like to use my uh mumble server once just to see if it's actually working
3: yeah, uh, yeah we should probably do that the next episode
2: all right we can do that all right so anyway yes we do have quite a lineup of feedback here so we should probably get to it in the first one is an email from daniel kilo juliet four uniform hotel india and he says hello everyone my name is daniel kj4uhi just discovered the podcast i am totally blind amateur radio operator oh boy wow i i clearly started drinking too late um, <laughs> let's see just oh discovered God. your podcast i am a totally blind amateur radio operator and computer user for iPhone, I use VoiceOver, the program that speaks what is on the screen. For a computer, I use a program that speaks what is on the screen and I type things in just as anyone else. But I use no mouse. I have two radios. The older radio is a Wusun KGUVD1P and the new radio is the Titerra MDUV380. Might there be a way to program them using Linux? My Linux drive runs Ubuntu Mate. I have Windows 7 on another drive. Switching systems just has to do with unplugging cables and plugging them into the other drive. I have Windows software that I downloaded for the MD380, but it is very hard to work and also doesn't work very well from what I've seen. Now, I don't know anything about the Woosun KGUVD1P as far as programming it, uh, for, you know, for use. Uh, the Titerra MD380, I do that fully Linux native using an application called edit cp uh i believe if you google edit cp and tyt it will come up for you um i didn't check to see what it was written in but it's basically just a simple i think it's gtk interface uh you download it into a directory you make a quick change to your udev rules so it can access your radio and then you run it and it's a simple code plug editor it gives you a couple of buttons where you can navigate, set up your contacts, channels, zones, scan lists, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then it writes it to the radio, and away you go. And I believe it is functional on the MD380, 390, and the UV380 as well. So that should definitely work for you. If anyone in the chat room has a way to edit the code plug for a Woosun UVD1P a Linux native, speak now, because I because <laughs> I do not have any information on that i guess we should have a quick google search just to see if there is such a thing uh let's see linux you was uvd1p what i said uh, uh, something like
3: that yeah uvd1p yeah UVD1P. P. I was now seeing what you're talking about <laughs>
2: <clears throat> yeah let's see obviously they have windows versions uh let's see there's information here about chirp let's see does chirp work with it I don't, I don't know. Does Chirp work with DMR?
3: I, I'm just, I don't know. I don't know either. I thought you were the DMR expert now.
0: Uh, I said I was at
2: the top of the learning curve. I didn't say I knew everything yet. Uh, let's see. Uh, Ted says UXDIV is in ChirpX. So, so, okay. So there's a couple of acronyms I'm not familiar with. <laughs> ChirpX. Anybody here using Chirpex? Chirpex is a rocket launching facility. I don't think that's <laughs> what, uh, I don't think that's what he's, uh,
0: mm-hmm.
2: does seem pretty painful from Jim. Um, it's, it again, like I said before, once you get to the top of the learning curve, it it's real easy. It's just getting there. That's hard. It has a real steep learning curve. Um, just, it's it's i don't know it's goofy the way it's put together but once you do it and actually get it to work it, it all makes sense oh let's see ux div is in chirp x so is ux div an application that actually does code plug editing for that radio ux div let's look that up real quick let's see. ux div whoops whoops i don't know google's not helping me out right now so
3: <laughs> Well, yeah, we may have to come back to that
2: one. Yeah, we'll have to come back to that one. But if you uh he does he does say he has a Titera MD three eighty or MD UV three eighty, and that can be edited with edit C P. So uh if nothing else, uh just sell the loosen or something. I don't know. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh since since Bill wants to kind of like Put the Kai on any deep discussion of this next topic. I'm going to let him do this one.
3: <laughs> oh, you're going to make me read it. Okay. Yeah. So here's an email from Steve K D Zero IJP. He says, "Guys, I'm an AMSAT member, but I am still pretty new in that arena and haven't dug very deeply into organization into the organizational aspects of AMSAT. Yesterday, I received my ballot for electing four new members to the board of directors. I don't have much personal knowledge about any of the names. However, quite by accident, I ran into this YouTube video today." And learn that there seems to be some problems in the amsat leadership that a number of people are trying to address so that that video uh what was the person's name that did the video
2: i have already forgotten and i saw it just yeah his name is uh like Brent, brian or Brent or, or something. brian something
3: he's blah 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 i'm just looking at it right now <laughs> yeah Okay, whatever. So, yeah, there's a lot of drama there. There's also a, a statement by, of course, Bruce Perrin's K6BP uh, that addresses the same issue. And we link that on the website as well. And from there, you can find links to statements from several people that are trying to change the direction of the AMPSAT leadership by running for seats on the board of directors. Um, one of these is Michelle Thompson, W5NYV, who I believe has been on your show. And, yes, she has. She's with the uh, Open Research Institute. Uh, also, the uh, Bruce parents. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, I don't know a lot about the controversy, and I haven't read anything yet from the other side. But I generally like what these people have to say, and I'm going to try to myself and take the election more seriously than I probably would have if I hadn't learned about this. I don't know if this is a topic you would like to address on your show or not, but I thought I'd like to share that with you. And uh, yeah, like like I said, it's um, I don't. I'm not a member of the AMSAT and i don't think you are either us. cheryl's not no nope. um we have members that do listen to the show and no one has spoken up specifically about this and i don't think we're really the right venue to talk about <laughs> this particular controversy although i mean a lot of the people that you know that are involved in this we've, we've talked to we've talked to michelle thompson we've talked to bruce parents um you know we're all amateurs i see several of the people i follow on twitter on this list And uh, like I was telling Russ earlier before we started the show, you know, I I have nothing wrong with any of the people that Bruce Perrins is recommending. I don't see I don't know who's actually in the board and what the actual issues are. But like with anything, research stuff. I mean, that's why people are talking about it, because obviously some people are not happy. Maybe some people are uninformed. You know, this is what, what we go out and go out and look at this information. But I I can't make an informed decision on what you need to do as an AMSET member. You know, you need to do that. So do exactly what Steve is doing and going out and researching and finding out the information he needs to properly, you know, select his four candidates that he's electing to the board of directors. So that's really all I can say to do. And thank you, Steve, for bringing this topic uh, to our to our notice.
2: Yes, very much so. And I, I did actually learn a little bit about the controversy. I watched the video and I read Bruce Perrins' response, and it, it's a little bit of interesting. And I know that Bill was talking about Joda and Jody a little while ago, and the in the initial video talks about Joda and the fact that apparently there's some sort of controversy about one of the members of AMSAT not switching an, a satellite away from L band operations so it could be used with be used for Joda. But then they switched it off of L band on another occasion for a like a small uh, activation, like an uh, IOTA activation or something.
3: So, <laughs> well, when you hold the keys to the kingdom, right? Uh, you know, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. So with you know, great power comes great responsibility, and if you don't appreciate the the duties that these people who are responsible are doing, then you should you know make a choice to elect them out of office but again you know i don't know <laughs> your mileage may vary all right
2: very good i hear lots of thunder rolling in so maybe we should get move on here <laughs>
3: oh
0: no
2: yeah um we you know our power tends to be uh,
0: a little flanking. a little
2: unstable so <laughs> my uh, my podcast rig does not have any ups so we should probably oh. move on
3: yeah four more let's go
2: all right, we got four more. So the first one, Cheryl, hit it.
0: Uh, this email is from Rich K0EB. Says OS Disk is not shipping any more DVDs or flash drives. Click on odisk.com and then select a distro to see the note stating they're shutting down. Looks like you can still buy physical media at shoplinuxonline.com. 73 rich k0 eb
2: well thanks rich that's that's our rich our former rich
0: no he's still our rich, <laughs> well, he's but... still are rich
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah he's gone through like 47 call signs since he was with us yeah. um <laughs> but uh he's now k0 eb presumably he's not going to ever change that ever again so at least i wouldn't think so who knows but well it it's hard enough to get a 1 by 2 and i'm kind of surprised he, he actually did right um but anyway yeah so if uh you were planning on buying a distribution from osdisk.com preloaded on a stick or dvd you can't do that anymore just go to the new link and do that or just of course download it yourself and burn it onto the media of your choice and then it doesn't cost you anything except the cost of whatever that media was all right so let's see i guess i'll go ahead and read the next one this one is from ed Delta Delta five Lima Papa of the ICQ podcast. Uh, He says, hi, Russ. Sorry for a comment on an old edition. It's actually not that old. I'm somewhat behind on listening to all the podcasts that I download due to three trips away in the last two months, starting with the one to Xenia, where I met up with you guys. In any case, when you commented that DMR is quite a learning curve in edition number 293, man, did I agree with you. I went through that whole learning curve, getting to the aha moment about eight months ago. I documented what I found as I went through, and if you aren't yet all-knowing in DMR, which I am not, you might want to take a look at what I have put up on my website, dd5lp.com. A direct link to the DMR stuff is tinyurl.com stroke dd5lp-dmr, all caps. Of course, a link to that will be in the show notes. 73 Ed, Delta Delta 5 Lima Papa. So thanks, Ed. (coughs) Right. I will definitely be checking that out because I want to learn all the stuff that I haven't learned yet. Uh, there's actually two parts to this. I'm trying to learn everything I can about Pi Star and the Zum and the whole hotspot thing, and of course about DMR itself. So uh, I have a lot of things working. I've had DMR to YSF pass through working. I've had Wires X to YSF pass through working. I've had Wires X to DMR working. I can do DMR. <laughs> um, so I have lots of stuff that works um but there's still lots of stuff that doesn't so i'm, I'm always i'm always learning
0: <coughs> sorry <laughs> all right Allergies. so
2: let's see let's check the chat room real quick let's see aha moment i guess i didn't have that done. says he's never had the dmr aha moment <laughs> <laughs> uh photo Jim ve5 ev says linko is also uh, or a specific linko radio can be programmed by edit cp but apparently not the one he has um and let's see he just used edit cp for the first time tonight on his md380 which is also the radio i have Taitera md380 and he said it works well and i agree it works well other than the fact that dmr is a major pain in the ass <laughs> All right, so we got two more to get through. So, Cheryl, you can do this one?
0: No, let Bill do it.
2: Why, why is Bill doing this Because one? I just voted for Bill today. All right, fine. You, then you can do the last one. <laughs>
3: there you go. So this email is from Jeff, K-A-1-D-B-E, and he says, Russ, just finished listening to your deep dive on TSAT Life Member. What?
2: <laughs> I think that's supposed to be AMSAT.
3: Not AMSAT Life Member. I'm an AMSAT Area Coordinator, Ambassador, Board Alternative, and LF. Okay, whatever. Uh, I use TLF for just about all contests. Uh, some features you didn't touch on is it can be uh, networked for multiple stations. If you move the log CG, uh, CFG and the rules file to a folder in your user account, TLF will look there before going to uh, stroke user or stroke user local. Um, it also has a YCYSIG feature. Uh, what you see is what you get feature to create a multiplier list on the fly. You may have addressed this in the following episodes, but I haven't gotten that that far down the list yet. Very 73, and thanks for a great podcast. Jeff, K1DB, by the way, a nice GUI contest logger is JL, Java logger, but I do not think it's being updated anymore. So that was from Jeff.
2: We have talked about JL in the past, and I looked at it again today. I did not look to see when the last time it was updated. It's still functional. Um, It was 1.06 was the version that was the latest one that i downloaded it is java so you have to have a jrm installed on your machine to do it you know openjdk will work fine you simply do java x or yeah it's what java xv the jar file to extract it and then there's a jl.sh to run it and it works i mean it certainly does and it is an x-based graphical user interface uh, contest logger it supports the arl field a and you know, IOTA and CQ Worldwide and a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, it only interfaces with a certain subset of I think it's ICOM radios. So it is not using Hamlib. Um, so it is limited in that way. But, um, you know, it's a graphical Linux based block. Well, I, I shouldn't say Linux based because it's Java, but whatever. <laughs> it runs not run on anything. <laughs> uh, and, but anyway, um, I, I did fix the little part about. <laughs> that was sort of cut and pasted there in the middle. He was basically just saying he's a he's a longtime user of TLF. So, uh, so thanks for filling us in on some of the features that we did not talk about with uh, TLF. And hopefully, uh, for folks who want to use a end curses based contest logger, um, there's more information for you. So check it out, and also check out JL if you want to check that out. Links will be in the show notes. All right, so since you opted out of that one, you get to do this one.
0: All right, fine. So our last email is from Mike, Kilo Echo 4, India Sierra Whiskey. I gave up Microsoft when 8.0 came out. I began using Ubuntu 12 and progressed to 14.04, then 16.04, and now 18.04. I like it. I don't have a Microsoft computer here for years. Bought a Yezu FT3000 and read about updating firmware, all Windows instructions. Want to do digital modes with FL Digi. My older radio FT950 hooked up just fine. Instructions on the FT3000 says to get a USB cord and not hook it to a computer until... Then a bunch of Microsoft updates first. Contacted Yezu technical support. Basically got a note back. Microsoft only will pass your note on to management. I'm an older guy. Can mess with the terminal somewhat, but not a Linux guru. Picked up on your business cards at Hamvention in Greene County, Ohio. Do you know anyone using Ubuntu and FT3000 for digital modes would be advice could advise on how they got it to work? Mike, KE4 ISW. All
2: right, well very good, Mike. thanks for the email and we have some insight into the FT3000 on Linux with FLDG and so on. and Bill is going to enlighten us
3: yeah you're in trouble no <laughs> <laughs> so it it actually works exactly the same as the uh s c u seventeen and I know that probably doesn't help you unless you've actually had one of those devices but basically the u s b on your uh your rig provides controls uh two u s b ports one is for cat control the other one is for actual keying the rig. Uh, so that'll be your PTT control. So there's two USB devices that come up here. This is when you're going to use dmessage to basically look at the enumeration of your devices, so you can see exactly which which ones are popping up. They will have very similar names. Um, there are some threads which I will share um, uh, on the uh, FTDX three thousands uh, user group over on Groups.io that uh, you you can definitely check out there. Um, but yeah, you get uh, two USB devices for cat control, one cat control, one uh, PTT control, and then you'll get that uh, USB audio codec, which will be your your audio devices. So all of that should work in Linux. I mean, I've gotten the SU17 to work in Linux. It uh, it's not a perfect situation. It does occasionally have some flakiness, especially with uh, getting the keying to work properly. Um, but uh, check out, check out uh, the groups IO for FTDX 3000. Uh, Hamlib does support it. If it's, if it doesn't have a 3000, which I think you can download a custom file for that, uh, you do use the FTDX 2000 uh, controls for it because the, uh, all the, um, all the controls for the Azu rigs are, are nearly identical there's only some customizations that need to be made for picking off certain things uh to read back uh, beyond just uh you know the the standard power and stuff like that um so yeah it it, it is possible it should work um you know upgrading to 1804 is just going to get you newer and newer obviously and the newer rigs do require you know get the latest version of hamlib if you can so attach some of those ppas that we've talked about in the past and uh, get your latest version of uh, hamlib there and you should you should be all set like i say it will take a little bit of playing around uh getting those two usb devices figured out uh, that come up as serial um but you can experiment with that now if it's always connected you probably won't have a problem uh if if it constantly disconnects and reconnects and gets different enumeration of the device names you may want to go back and listen to our episode on uh on you know naming uh your usb devices so you can go ahead and statically name them and that's what i did on my uh on my SU 17 and that's sort of what uh kind of prompted me to make that a topic of the show (laughs) so so you, you can go back and find that episode i forget exactly which one it is um but it's definitely talks specifically about the USB, uh, naming and, uh, but yeah, definitely check out the group's IO account for that, uh, FTDX, uh, 3000. And, uh, you can search in there for, uh, 3000 and, uh, Fedora together. Uh, even though it's a little dated, it's still exactly the same because it's exactly what I had to go through uh, on my box um when i plugged it into ubuntu so it's very very similar steps you're going to have to go through and and uh, try to figure out which device is which so uh it's all possible and we'll go ahead and uh, send you a response back in email as well but uh, if you hear it on the show then even better
2: all right very good so if you go to lhs podcast info in the upper right corner there's a search bar if you search for udev uh uniform delta echo victor then that should bring up the episode that's relevant to that because you are setting up specific udev rules so um that should bring you that, and uh, if we do respond in a bill, I'm going to assume is uh, taking responsibility for responding to you in email, and he will include a link to the proper
3: episode. Yeah, it's episode 218. 218, there you go. He has a USB deep dive.
0: Excellent. Ooh. ah.
2: All right, well, I'm going to try and commit this episode to disk before the lights go out. So <laughs> with that, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap up. We should quickly mention the folks who are in the chat room. Uh, so let me go up to the top. The chat room here in the list, and we've got Don KC9ZMY, Ted WA0EIR, Jim V5EV, Darren VK6EK, and Angel KX0ADM, who are all here tonight listening to us and chatting in the chat room. So we appreciate everybody. We hope you have a great night, and we'll talk to you all again in a week. And with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap up episode number 298 of Linux in the ham Shack. I'm Ross K5TUX.
0: I'm Cheryl W5MOO.
3: And I'm Bill in E4RD 73
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of Linux in the Hampshire. LHS is a community-sponsored podcast. The live show is recorded every Monday night at 8pm Central Time, plus or minus QRL. Connect to the live stream at url.bcts.info Stroke LHS Live. Our website is located at LHSpodcast.info. You can support the podcast by visiting the LHS Patreon page at patreon.com Stroke LHS Podcast or by using the contribute link on the homepage. Get in touch via social media. We have a presence on Discord, Facebook, IRC, Twitter and YouTube. Our IRC channel is hash Podcast on the Freeload Network and the Discord invite link is url.bcts.info stroke discord. You can also drop us an email at info at lhspodcast.info or leave us a voicemail. 1909 LHS show That's 1909-547-7469. Visit the online LHS merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable show themed merchandise. Become an ambassador and represent LHS at a local Linux convention or hamfest. Email ambassadors at LHSpodcast.info for more information. Or visit the homepage for details. Until next time, remember to always heed your hedonism.